1: Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 finals. all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.
2: Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade.
3: Uh, Hello and welcome and a very good morning to you. It is Continental Tyres, AFL Trade Radio. We're here with you for the next two hours with a big show coming your way. All the news, all the debate, your talkback calls... And you can join in the conversation with us whenever you like. 1-300-23-55-48. Stephen Silvani is going to join us after 8 o'clock. If you've got a question for the fullback of the century and, of course, very experienced Liz Boss doing some great work on the late trade with Nobs and also Damo, you can send that through. And we're going to have another edition of Truth or Spin as well as everything else that's going on. To debate all this with me is the goal-kicking champion from the Essendon Football Club, Matthew Lloyd, is his name. Lordo,
4: good morning. Good morning to you, Kano. And uh, it feels like tensions are building at Clubland, like you get to this point where, you know, what's going to go with Dunkley, what's going to happen with Luke Jackson, uh, Brody Grundy, Horn Francis. There's so many just up in the air. And there's also tension between you and Soss. So I'm looking forward to that (laughs) at 8 o'clock. I've been on footy classified with Soss, and I've seen the uh, side of him where... When he's not happy, he goes hard. So uh, and it seems okay. like he, what, he's taken exception to something you've said, and I heard him yeah. last night with Damo saying he's looking forward to going head-to-head with you this morning. What's that about? I,
3: I don't know what it's about. Well, the the people that have been featured in Truth or Spin Lord aren't happy, I don't think. There's, there's, they're, okay. They're, they're not that, that that have been featured on our sort of revolutionary segment that we've done that now has an excellent new song to go with. it. <laughs> very catchy. And we featured Sauce yesterday, and... We are. We played his audio on Paddy Dow, and and so thought that he was a still an AFL player, and I sort of say, "Oh, that's a bit of spin." I don't think oh. Paddy Dow is an AFL player. So I don't know if that's what he's unhappy yeah, about.
4: I, maybe Damo was winding him up too oh, in the back. Of course he was. <laughs>
3: of course he was. But I, I had that written down as well off the top this morning. Mm. Relations getting testy, Auto. Yeah. So you and I hadn't spoken before the show, but that was sort of the, the 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 spot that I wanted to start. Before that, though, I want to ask you a question about. The new Twitter situation. So yesterday, I'm not sure if you're aware, but you can now subscribe to a different version of Twitter. No, I didn't know that. For years and years and years, I've always wanted an edit button on Twitter. Like you send a tweet out, you're quick, and you think, oh, I made a spelling mistake, but you can't edit it. And 10 minutes up, it's already too late, so you can't go back and change it. Twitter have bought in the function where you can edit the tweet, but it's going to cost you 7 bucks a month. And I signed up to this yesterday Could now. You? there's some other Mickey Mouse sort of features behind it. You're supposed to get different access to top articles and there's all a couple of other gimmicky things. But is it worth it? Is Twitter blue worth it for seven dollars a month? 0419187323. And, and Lordo, you're pretty um, sensible with your money?
4: Well, with me, Kano, so I, I use Twitter a lot for information. But I reckon I've tweeted twice in about two you months. You don't tweet, do you? No, I don't no. tweet. No, and I don't get engaged <laughs> with people in Twitter. Uh, I'll, I'll <laughs> I, I use it for my work, but yeah, I don't tweet very often. So for <laughs> me, it's not really worth it. But for you, I reckon it is kind of, oh. uh, or it would be for a journalist like a Sammy yes. Edmund or Tom Brown. Or Tom Brown, critical for those because you can't afford to. Yeah, yeah, you're done to make mistakes if you're tweeting that often. Too. No, there's been a couple,
3: yeah. Uh, yeah, a couple of journo's that have just gone a bit quick yeah. this year, and we've all done it. And I'm sure they would have loved that edit button rather than the delete mm. button. So, all right, oh four one nine right, 0419187323. Uh, perhaps a list for next week for you. Yeah, the, uh, the AFL football figures that do engage mm. with um, with fans and trolls on Twitter.
4: Roko be number one. Tim Gossage. <laughs> yeah, Tim Gossage.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> but uh that's what I like about you, Kano. You're never too sensitive. But uh I, someone's even texting us saying Maddie Rendell was into you, corn. Get some audio oh, so we can get he? the John Owen, uh well, him we'll, out the back there to get that because I'd love to hear what Matty render. You two going head to head would be great radio, I would have thought. Yeah, we've gone head yeah.
3: to head a couple of times. Mm. I do, I do respect Matty because he has a strong opinion and he's not afraid to put it out there. Mm. So, anyway, sauce is coming up after eight o'clock, but. Yeah, the relationship between the clubs, mm. Lordo, is sort of where I wanted to start this morning and the threats have been coming. So we're, we're nearly a week into the trade period. When's it finish? On the 12th of October. So not a lot of time mm. left. It's sort of by the, this time next week, it'll all be finished. The prospect of the dogs walking Josh Dunkley through to the preseason draft is unlikely for me, but I'm not surprised that these threats have started. Well, okay.
4: Now it's going to be later on for my list. Standoffs, the great standoffs, and some some love it. Some have eventually got there. Some haven't. Uh, but but real strong standoffs where they don't get there is what my list is going to be about. And this is an interesting one, I reckon. The dogs were fuming, absolutely fuming, when Brisbane parted with selection 15, mm. four points, and I think that's what's triggered off this frustration from Sam Power and the Western Bulldogs to have this talk. The last thing you want to be doing is walking Dunkley through to the preseason draft because you end up with nothing. But it feels like, you know, the last thing they want to do is satisfy Brisbane with what they've asked for. So for those just catching up, Brisbane uh, also, you know, there was a deal where they wanted, uh, I'm just tra- tracking this, Western Bulldogs would get to, you know, the, uh, pick uh, their first pick, which is Brisbane, pick 19, Kane, Uh yep. And plus a future first rounder when the Dogs wanted pick 15, and a future first rounder. But the Brisbane Lions want some picks in return back mm, for that mm. rather than the two straight picks uh, like the uh, Taranto deal. So they want a Taranto-type deal, whereas the Lions are playing hardball with wanting stuff back in return. So um, Essen sit there with pick four in the preseason draft with a heap of money. So mm-hmm. they would be the club that could potentially get Josh Dunkley for a short-term deal, maybe.
3: Uh, well, and he considered it, didn't he, Yeah, um, a, a, a couple of seasons ago, and he was almost well down the track of, mm-hmm. of wanting to go before that broken de- that broke down. And I was listening to Stephen Silvani speak about Essendon um, yesterday and the lack of a big-body midfielder. So, I mean, yeah. he'd, he'd walk straight in there perfectly. So that, that would be the risk for them. But the only winners out of that would be the Bombers who get him for nothing other than the salary that they have to pay him, and they've got the money to do that. You know Brisbane lose and also the Western Bulldogs lose, so that doesn't doesn't really help them. So I doubt whether that will be the case. So that's that's one of the standoffs and topic of your list. I wasn't aware of that. Look forward to that a little bit later on. And the other one is uh, Geelong and Collingwood. So the 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 big news yesterday was broken by that man Maddie Rendell. He said that Collingwood, sorry Geelong, have offered Collingwood pick 38 for Ollie Henry, which seems a bit insulting, doesn't it? From from the Cats.
4: That, that's the right word to describe it. Yeah, that is insulting. So uh, I think if you're, yeah, that that is one where you're walking through to the pre-season draft. If he didn't want to be there, I'm sure he'd rather be at Collingwood than North Melbourne. Uh, so, yeah, I think that that's one that unless Geelong, uh, I think Geelong need to part. I think there are clubs, Kane, who are expecting Geelong will have to part with pick seven mm. if they want Tannenbrun and uh, Ollie Henry to join their club to just to have get a couple more picks around that you know, give up pick seven, get a couple of picks in the teens, uh, maybe for that pick seven to, yep. to be able to uh, get those deals done.
3: Tensions building. So Dogs and Brisbane, Geelong and Collingwood, GWS and Richmond over Jacob Hopper, although we're expecting that to be done and also GWS with Geelong because apparently the offer for Tanner Bruin hasn't been reflective of you know the selection that he was taken only a couple of seasons ago. And in the Herald Sun this morning, Lord, I know you wanted to speak about this, uh, North Melbourne are set to be able to get pick one, which they've already got, and pick two off West Coast in exchange for this Jason Horn francis situation, which involves the West Coast Eagles. But Greater Western Sydney is keen to secure... A key position player, 104.94 centimetres. I think he's now 196. That's Aaron Cadman Shapes as their target, Lordo. But the Giants keen to get their number one pick in the draft. What did you make of this? Well, in return,
4: if, say, for example, uh, the North were moved down to pick two and three instead of having pick one and two, well, then Mm. the Giants would, in return, give either selection pick 12 or 15 to North Melbourne as well for that right to have pick one. So... The only thing about it, though, is we've been critical of North Melbourne, and you have in particular, Kano, mm-hmm. overlooking Logan McDonald. Yep. Uh, and they lack a all. Like, they've got uh, Larky. So it's interesting that they, they should be, if this Cadman is the best there, shouldn't they be
3: taking him along with a midfielder? That's what I would have thought. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been so um, keen to build from the midfield, I would have thought it is now time to get that key position depth. Now, I clearly don't watch a lot of yeah. the underage kids, so I'm, I'm hesitant to comment on them. All I can go off is... The experts that do. Now, Kao Toomey has him ranked 5. Aaron Cadman, 196, 88 kilos, left footer. And then I've you know, have been watching some of his highlights last night and this morning. He does look a little bit like Jeremy Cameron, which is a big comparison to, to give. He's quite, not quite as tall, but can get up the ground, gets a lot of the footy, kick 34 goals in his 12 games in the NAB League. So that feels like the exact player that North Melbourne need, considering that they have bolstered through the midfield. So, yeah, I'd be surprised if... With one of those early selections, they don't take a key position forward. Yeah, I
4: was chatting to a recruiter last night who said he just doesn't stick his marks like they'd like him to. For a, right. So that may be something where North might go, yeah, he's good. But uh, we still see, you know, guys like uh, George Wardlaw, who we've touched on already as a gun midfielder. And Harry Sheezel has you know, a dynamic Petrarca type forward. Who they could bring into their football club. So that, that was a but a little bit of an improvement area for Cadman, a young guy who yeah, doesn't pluck marks uh like hopefully a key forward at this stage should. So that's probably an area of development that they that, that slips him mm. down to five, six, seven rather than pick one.
3: This is the early trade for power. Family safety is never up for trade, Kane Corns and three Ws. Matthew Lloyd along for the ride with you. If you want to jump on the phone and join him with us, nice and early, you can do so. one three hundred twenty three fifty five. 23 55 um, Forty-eight. This audio from Brendan Goddard yesterday was um, was interesting. So I just want to have a listen about the, the breakdown perhaps of, of relationships or, or make of this what you will as how he sees himself versus St Kilda
5: and the Bombers. Uh, we created a really good culture and we're proud of it. And yeah, you probably say it's it dissipated because the people that were involved at the club at that particular time, there's not too many of them are left. Hence uh, why when people ask me about, are you an Essendon man or a St Kilda? I'd, I'd probably lean towards Essendon only because, one, I'm recently retired from there, but a lot of the people that I was involved with the end of my career are still at Essendon.
3: What did you make of that? I, I would, if you're asking me the question of how you know, I saw from the outside, Brendan Goddard, you know, which you know, camp would would I see that he was in? I'd say he's a St Kilda player. But were you surprised to hear that? Well, uh, yeah, I would too. In terms of how
4: I view Brendan, he, he was a fantastic player for the Bombers, but he won a best and fairest there and. And things, but yeah, the, the the health, the days of St Kilda, like when they were at their best, I picture Brendan Goddard, Nick Revolt, Del Santo, mm. Lenny Hayes. It's a yeah. wonderful, wonderful time. So, yeah, there, there may be some yeah relationships when you when you leave the way Brendan did. Uh, there would have been some heartburn, I suppose, between him and some people at St Kilda. So he probably understand why he maybe has more affection there. But yeah, you'd hope he, as time goes by. Yeah, I didn't love my last few years. At the Bombers Kano, but yeah. as time goes by, now you do, you think of the good times. I only think of the great times I had at Essen, and hopefully that happens for Brendan in
3: time with he and the Saints. Yeah, well, we spoke about the Saints on the back of Jeff Walsh's comments uh, on SEN that they have been largely irrelevant. Brendan Goddard spoke about the St Kilda's
5: culture. Yeah, so to answer your question, yeah, it's changed a lot, and I think they do need to improve that culture. Um, and respectfully to a lot of the people and players involved, Particular the players, they they don't know what a successful culture looks like because they haven't been a part of it just yet. So it's hard, and that's one of the reasons I think why they got Jeff Walsh in. They've got a, you know, it's it's some people question the review that they got David Noble in to do, but I think it's healthy to continue to review your club and your organisation regardless of results. To continually just try and get better. Yeah, that, that would be a club that I'd be worried about
3: throughout this trade period. I'm speaking of a, a reasonable game prior to the the, the the situation unfolding or opening the trade period with the with goy and others and the desperate need to get elite talent in, Lordo. But it doesn't mm. feel like St Kilda are going to be able to achieve much in this trade period, which is a little bit depressing for those Saints fans looking to perhaps improve next year. Yeah, I think Brendan everything he said there is is correct. They don't, a lot of them wouldn't know what
4: uh, winning culture is. And I say the same about Essendon. Um, mm. yeah, I was having a good chat to Michael Hurley at the Crichton Medal the other night and Michael walks away having never won a final in his time. And so a lot of those guys like Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish, they don't know what that winning culture is. There's a lot in the same boat and... We sit here, trade period, and Henry wants to go to Geelong, and Bruin wants to go to Geelong, and Bowes wants to go to Geelong, but St Kilda isn't an attractive place. Essendon's not an attractive place. There's a lot of clubs in that same boat as we sit here now, but that can change
3: in the years to come. Yeah, would you say the same about the Blues? The Blues. Uh, I think like that... the players, like Cripps hasn't played yeah, in a oh, final. Yes, yes, Walsh yes. hasn't, you know, those those gun players mm. that haven't had that individual success, but for some reason we're more looking at the Blues with rose-coloured glasses, thinking, okay, well, they've had a... Michael Voss had a big impact, and there were elements of the game that we loved this year, but in the end, they they capitulated and weren't able to get it done. So perhaps they don't understand that winning culture either. Yeah, Yeah.
4: we saw that what they did in that last month, the games that they lost... Was uh, because they didn't really know how to win, and I think that holds them back. If they had a Scotty Pendlebury in their team or a Joel Selwood, mm. they win. They win a game or two of those, and might be worth playing some of Michael Voss's speech later in the in this program. it was good. He spoke so well at the best and fairest night around how he's viewed this season and yep. how he's looking towards next year. It was <laughs> I want to play Kano. That's how good it was. <laughs> I know words are only something, yeah. but. Uh, yeah, he spoke so well, and that's hopefully what he can bring to Carlton with his experience of playing in big finals.
3: Yeah, uh, I think uh, that's one of his real strengths, is his ability to motivate yeah. and you know captivate the playing group, no doubt about that. Uh, this text coming through, Kane. have you heard David King's comments regarding Jason Horn-Francis and, and the trade? It is, is it strong words or hot air for the fans? Uh, we'll, we'll chase that down. I'm, I'm sure we'll be able to find that audio from David King. I actually haven't heard it, but that would have been on Fox footy. So that will be easy to find. We'll play that later on in the show. Nathan's in Bendigo. What would Port Adelaide have to give Geelong for Sava Radagalia? Lordo now Radagalia, has had a medical with Port Adelaide. He has now named them as the club of choice. I love it for yeah. Port Adelaide because one of the key things I needed, they needed to achieve was some key defensive depth from their tools, and he's named them. But in terms of what they'd have to give, not much, I would have thought. You know, a pick in the, in the 40s probably. Oh.
4: Yeah, it's interesting. I'd expect more, I think. Yeah, yeah, i Yeah, more, I think, because they want to keep him. He's under contract. Uh, I know he was, wasn't in the best 22 at Geelong, but he'd be in the best 22 for a lot of sides, Kano. So, Mordo, I mean,
3: Geelong just offered calling with 38 yeah, for Henry. But they I'll,
4: can't be demanding too much that, more for Radicalia. And someone has just texted in. They didn't put their name down. Pick 18 for Henry, future first for Bruin, and we mm. keep seven for Jai Clark. What do you think from Daz? I like that from Daz. That is about That is right and that is fair. And I think Radagalia, um, 33 from Port Adelaide. Kane. I think they need that though for a Rioli, the Rioli yep. Junior Rioli trade. But I think 30 pick about 33 would be about right for Radagalia.
3: give you the latest on Jason Horn francis and Port Adelaide and their view on it a little bit later on. And this text coming through, would a mid-season trade week be beneficial as opposed to split buy rounds? All clubs have the same weekend off and have a trade week then showcase on the big screen State of Origin type games with all the under-18s and potential draftees. I don't subscribe to a mid-season trade because I think the best clubs get it done now. I mean, the best clubs have the same rules to establish the best list that you can right now and you know, equate for all the different scenarios. You might lose a ruckman halfway through the year. Okay, what ruck depth do we have? We might lose a, a player... Um, through the midfield, do we have enough midfield depth? Mm. I think the best clubs cover all those scenarios now. And a midweek trade period is a get out for those clubs that have made errors at this time of the year.
4: Wouldn't surprise me if we get there, uh, to yeah, be honest. I think Gary McLaughlin yeah, seems to to be uh, up for it. But the hard part is, how hard is it to get trades done now? Uh, mm. considering, and then
3: what would it be like in the mid-season period? It'd be pretty difficult. Yeah, it's amazing. Like Adelaide have known about Isaac Rankin mm. for, for months now and still taking time to get that deal done and they're haggling over future fourth-round pick swaps. It's ridiculous, really. It's going to mean nothing. But hopefully for the Crows, they get that ranking deal done today. And this is a Saints fan. I'd be happy if they don't do anything after the mistakes that we have recently <laughs> made. We are up and running. We're here from David King on Jason Horn Francis, passionate North Melbourne, past player and fan. So we'll have a listen to what he's got to say. Truth or spin coming up. Steven Silvani a little bit later on. And your calls, jump on the phone and have you say next. If you'd like to, one 300 48 It's the early trade for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. The early trade for tyre power. Family safety is
2: never up for trade. Right. So that's where
6: I see things. But, you know, Cornsy's got every right to... Here we I go. go. This I is, lo- this lo- is lo- the lo- bit lo- we really want lo- to get. Lo- we, lo- we don't want the lo- footy
7: side of it now. We I just love- want your reply to Cain, all right? I, I, Let's no, go. I love
6: go. his opinion, you know, and... You know, I don't I admire Kane. What he does, he stands up to you, don't you, mate. Doesn't he, he stands up to everyone? That's good. I think he's got you at the moment. What that that was spin. <laughs> well, that's what he said. It was sauce. I tell you what, I'm on his show tomorrow. We're going Are head yeah. to head. Yeah. Are you really? We're going to go head to head. Can we get that done, <laughs> well, Matt? Give him give him
7: something to think about overnight. He doesn't like he doesn't like it when he's challenged. So say something, and then you can go again when you're
8: on I his
1: show. I don't
7: know where he thought I. Where was the spin in all that?
8: Was there some spin there, Dave? Well, he he doesn't think he's AFL. but I think that's what he was saying. That's what it is. He doesn't think he's AFL.
6: Yeah.
3: Yeah. Okay. We were just trying to Mm. suit the segment sauce. We were just trying to make the segment sound I think you're in his head, Kato. Yeah, Yeah. it might be. He's coming up after 8 o'clock, the fullback of the century. Look forward to doing that. And truth or spin uh, on the other side of this call from Scotty. Uh, Morning to you, Scott. You want to speak about Anthony, McDonald, Tip and Woody?
0: Yeah, mate. Um, I know he's interested in playing football again. Um, I know he's also fit, fitter than usual and a pre-season will get him up to scratch. He's young, good forward. Would he fit him with the blue somewhere? Could Essendon trade him? Um, have you heard any more clubs, um, interested in him? Because he'd be pretty handy addition to a forward line, I, I would think. And he sort of hasn't really been spoken about as, as much as I thought for a solo player.
4: Hey, Scott, uh, at his best, he'd fit into 18 teams. So he'd get a game, in my opinion, at 18 clubs. Uh, But the thing about it, Scott, you mentioned that he's fitter. He's still got that that, uh, far to go in terms of getting to AFL fitness. So there's a potential that he doesn't end up anywhere, to be honest, because he's got to make the commitment. He couldn't make the commitment last year uh, or this year to commit to AFL levels and AFL standards. So uh, even though he's saying he wants to come back, I would love that it's uh, a club that says, okay, Tip, we'll give you a pre-season and we can put you on. I think it's uh, the SSP. uh, I think it's Mm. that uh, we can be put on later on in the piece. And that's what I think Fremantle would like to do. Have him do a hard pre-season, Kano, and then say, uh, see if he wants it. See how bad he wants it. Because it's all good and well to say, yeah, I want to return. But are you willing to do the work? And Tipper pretty much gave up an AFL career at this point. He had some... Uh, mental health uh, things going on, but he also didn't want to do the work. Mm. So that's why you wouldn't jump at it.
3: I reckon you're spot on. And the best example that I can recently think of is Tyson Stengel. So Tyson Stengel was sacked from Adelaide and absolute football limbo. So, so what did he do? Well, he went and signed up and did a preseason at sample level, Mm. went and got a job was overlooked in the mid-season draft. Every club could have taken him in the mid-season draft after he was playing some good football. No, we're not taking him there. So he continued to play, played very well in a grand final, premiership player in the sample, and then Mm. went to Geelong. So that was an example of how much do you want it? I'm actually going to go and play at the lower level, get a job and do all of that. And played with um, Adam Kingsley. I'm, I'm sure Kingers wouldn't mind me saying at the end of 2003 Mark Williams sort of said to him we're not sure Mm. but what we want you to do is come back and do a pre-season we're not going to give you a contract now we want you to do a pre-season, the end of 2003, 2004, see how fit you can get and see how much you want it and he was more of an experienced player but did that and Mm. and ended up getting on the list and being a premiership player that year and I think it was a good learning experience for for everyone as well so I think you're you're spot on with that. Right, it's time now for this. (laughs) Yeah, it's making a few waves, (laughs) Lordo. Melbourne aren't happy. Sauce isn't happy. So it's where we play a bit of audio. We ask you whether that is truth or whether it is spin, and there has been a little bit of spin thrown around from some clubs during this trade period, and there continues to be. Uh, I want to have a listen to Matty Rendell on the offers coming from Geelong to uh, Collingwood and also the Giants for Henry and Bruin.
9: Geelong have offered Collingwood 37 was thirty eight, I think, now, for Oliver Henry. It's way unders, way, way, way unders. They are low balling Tanner Bruin, a pick twelve as well. So they want to keep hold of their eighteen, mm. and supposedly their seven. Uh, obviously, GWS wants something in the for next year with the with the uh, sorry Gold Coast Suns with the Bose one. So they hand over. So you got they've got to give something back for next year, don't quite know whether that'll be, but it'll be at least a future second, I would say, for Geelong, uh, for that deal to get approved. Okay. Even though they feel no, it's, it's just... It's
1: a salary dump, yes. as, as yes. we know.
9: So, 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 so
7: but Bows and Pick 7 go to the Cats, and are you going to say that's, future that's second?
9: Done? That's done? Future second back, Yeah, but I'll, I'm not so certain they want to give up that either.
3: So, Lordo, spin from Geelong that they think they can pull all of this off with giving up, not much.
4: Certainly spin. And uh, if Matty Rendell is right, and uh, yeah, we take him on his word there, pick 38. But uh, that, that, as you said off the top of the show, that's absolutely insulting uh, mm. for them to think they can get Oli Henry, who went, uh, what, two years ago at 17. 17 yeah. And you can see his talent. So, yes, he didn't get a game uh, for Collingwood late in the year, but you can see the talent that he has got. So, yeah, I think that... Um, yeah, they're not going to get him. They may as well... not. They don't want to waste his time. The kid's committed to go, so mm. you don't want to um, yeah waste the their time with a pick like 38.
3: Yeah, and I think we've discussed this a bit, and David Noble said the same yesterday. Um, once, for example, Brisbane commit to Dunkley, you've got to get the deal done. Once Geelong commit yeah. to Ollie Henry, you've got to be realistic about getting this deal done. Same applies for Port Adelaide with, with Junior Eoli and the rest. Once you give them that commitment, it's your responsibility to get this deal done, and that's not going to get it done. So spin... From the Cats there, Damian Barrett on the late trade, speaking about this stalemate between Port Adelaide and North Melbourne over Jason Horn francis
7: Yeah. I, I, I still can't get my head on why, why West Coast at this stage would give up pick two and Rioli as part of it. So I think to your point, Sos, there's an element of they, they've got their eyes on a couple of players who they, they want to get by by lessening that pick. But again, no, nothing works the way I read it without
3: Port Adelaide giving up a player of substance, significance, well, value. Will Port Adelaide have to give up a player of substance to get the Jason Horn francis deal done, do you think, Lordo, truth or spin?
4: I'll say truth from Damo because uh, Dan Houston's name got brought up yesterday. Yep. Uh, so it, it, if players are starting to be mentioned, uh, well, I think there's a bit of truth to that. What do you think, Kana?
3: I don't think there's a single Port Adelaide player that, apart from, say, you know, a a fringe player like Raleigh Bonner that wants to play at North. So I think it's Mm. going to be difficult for North Melbourne to get anyone of substance. Now, so Damo's words were substance, so you don't include Raleigh Bonner in there. He would be talking about a Houston or a Butters or a Georgiades Mm. or a a Wines or someone like that. So I think it's highly unlikely that anyone of substance wants to play at North Melbourne, and I still think it happens um, with draft picks more so than players, but uh, it's going to go down to the wire, you would think. Uh, Matty Rendell, speaking about other clubs' view of Geelong this trade period.
9: Andrew Mackey's doing the uh, trading, I think, for the first time, yep. and not Stephen Wells. Um, there's a few clubs not happy with how they're going about their business. With because, Andrew Mackey. Uh, well, look, Wellsie just got deals done, and they were all like win-wins. And that's what you want, but he could hold I, out though too. I, I, I'm Don't hearing hear. that a lot of um, a lot of clubs are complaining that clubs want win loss this year. Ooh. so not much happened last year, so it was relatively quiet, and everyone. But geez, they've got their they've, they've been those list managers been sitting there for two years, uh, conjuring up all these deals, and now they want win losses, and that's not going to work.
3: It's going to blow up. Is it important? for other clubs to view you as fair, truth or spin, Lordo? Should Andrew Mackey, if that's if that's the case and other clubs are unhappy about the way Geelong are going about it, and clearly there would be an, an element of envy about this, of the success that they've had, is it important for other clubs to view you in the right light during trade period, truth or spin? Uh,
4: I'll say spin, but you also got to be reasonable. So, yep. so I'd say there's truth to what, you know, if, if it's just not around the mark, you, that's when things just turn and, and, and you've got things. So, for example, I'm reading here in terms of the Western Bulldogs, uh, Brisbane will say now, okay, uh, we, we'd like a player, a player or two. But at the moment, Reece Matheson's the only one being put yeah. up. Well, that, That's not being <laughs> reasonable. No. <laughs> if, if you want Josh Dunkley, you've got to be willing to go, okay, we want Dunkley. So yeah. you, you can't have everything. So let, let's give up. Surely there's a, uh, yeah. And so, for example, Hugo Smith. If mm. you want Jacob Hopper and Adam Kingsley says, I want Hugo Ralph Smith. Well, I'd be willing. Oh, Hugo mm. was, I coached him at Halebury. And I love Hugo and he might not want to go, but still you'd be willing to do that deal. Wouldn't you to, to get Jacob Hopper into your footy club. So they're the type of things that I reckon you got to be willing to do as a club. Wayne Swass probably want to stay at North Melbourne, but if they say, hey, we want Shannon Grant, we have to give Wayne Swass. Will you do mm. it. Mm. And I think it was a great win-win for the clubs over, over the history of, Sydney and North Melbourne.
3: Yeah, I, th- I think you summed that, that, that up pretty well. One three hundred twenty-three fifty-five forty-eight. And once again, once you commit to that, you've got the responsibility to get it done. Sam Edmund with the big story yesterday about the negotiations breaking down between the dogs
1: and the Lions over Dunkley. I can tell you that the Western Bulldogs, as of last night, are prepared to let Dunkley go through to the pre-season draft. And I don't say that lightly. But such is their frustration over a lack of progress with the Brisbane Lions on a suitable deal. If he slides through to the open market, the Dogs also, the other thing I was told, is haven't given up hope of taking him back. They're more than happy to call his name out and he can come back if he wants to. The Lions are in such a delicate position with wanting their cake and are eating it too when it comes to Dunkley and Ashcroft and Fletcher that it has made this Dunkley trade enormously difficult. And the dogs are perhaps a tad irritated that the Lions knew all year that these kids were coming through and they probably haven't adequately prepared for that. And yet they have committed to taking Josh Dunkley.
3: Truth or spin that the dogs would walk Dunkley through to the preseason draft? I'm saying spin. I don't think there's any prospect of that happening. It it happens rarely. Um, I, I played with Nick Stevens at the end of 2003, wanted to get to Collingwood. Um, Collingwood had just beaten us in a big prelim final and, and smashed us. And Port Adelaide said, no, nah, we're not sending you to Collingwood. We'll put you through the preseason draft. And he ended up going to Carlton, which was a disaster for him. Luke Ball, I think, went through to the national yes. draft, I reckon, Lotto and was yes. picked by Collingwood. We've seen Jackson Hately do it and others in recent times. But extremely rare. And I don't think there's any winners out of that other than say Essendon, which was a really good point to you that would swoop on him yeah. perhaps in the draft.
4: Yeah, I'll say spin as well, Kane. Uh, in terms of the Western Bulldogs may well be... Uh, yeah, yeah, I agree. I understand they are not happy uh, mm. and and they, they, they're going to do what they need to do to start putting pressure on the Brisbane Lions to come through and do the deal that the Dogs want. Uh, so, yeah, I'll say spin at the moment. I'd be shocked if it happened. But if the trade deadline was to be today, well, it wouldn't surprise me, but because we've got to Wednesday night... Uh, I think that deal should get done.
3: Yeah, I'll be staggered if it didn't get done. And a former number one draft pick from South Australia had his say about the situation unfolding with another South Australian number one draft pick, Jason Horn Francis.
10: I don't think it's the the worst idea at all to hold on to Jason Horn Francis. And we've spoken about this earlier in the week, uh, Cam. That yes, it, all we hear about from people who know him, people who have dealt with him, and teammates of him is how. Highly competitive, highly driven. Uh, how much he wants to succeed. Well, if he's got those attributes and he's got those traits, then if a trade can't be sorted out this year and North Melbourne can't get maximum value, and I'm talking like it's going to be less than what were offered before, what was offered from the LA Crows before mm-hmm. he was actually drafted. But somewhere around that mark, and if 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 it doesn't satisfy North Melbourne, then they have to back in the kid's character. They've got to back in how competitive he is and how ruthless and driven he is to succeed. And we didn't see it in the first year. We I think North Melbourne need to back in that they're going to get best out of him and, and he will compete. I'm
3: going to say truth to that. I don't think it's the worst thing if North Melbourne held him to his contract as much as I'd love to see him play at Port Adelaide and I hope a deal gets done. Um, I don't think it's a disaster for North if they make a stand and, and hold him to, to, his, to his contract, order. Or how do you yeah, see it?
4: on the opposite on that one, I think he has to go. Uh, North, you can see they are open, and they're more than open to get him out of North Melbourne. So, no, that would be the worst possible thing for me if Jason had to turn back up, uh, put his... Mm. Uh, mm. North, I reckon he's probably given away his North gear already, <laughs> Kano. That's how much he needs to get to Port Adelaide. So, uh, yeah, no, I don't think that'd be good for anyone if Jason had to walk back into North Melbourne.
3: All right. Truth or spin, we'd love your thoughts on that. one 300 48 This is Continental Tires, AFL Trade Radio, Continental Tires, engineered in Germany, proven in Australia.
2: A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up.
3: Uh, There's no doubt there's plenty of news around for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. Ryan Daniels in Perth from Channel 7 is reporting that the Rory Lobb deal to the Western Bulldogs is yet to develop. The current offer of pick 30 from the Dogs has been rejected by Fremantle. If that offer uh, remains, Lobb would remain at Fremantle. Of course, they have been speaking a strong game. I said it was spin. Lordo thought there might have been some truth to the fact that Dockers could hold him. Uh, the Dockers want a pick between 15 and 22 for their contracted forward. And holding up the proceedings, according to Ryan Daniels, is the standoff between Josh Dunkley and the Brisbane Lions. And the Jack Bowes pick seven deal to Geelong and Gold Coast is now likely to include a future second-round pick heading to the Suns. The Cats have reportedly been told from the AFL that must happen for the deal to be ticked off. That was the news for Beaumont Tiles. Let's go to the phones. Max has been waiting patiently. Good morning to you and welcome to the early trade, Max. Got you there, Maxie.
7: I just want to find out, uh, Locky Hunter, um, uh, the trade, I thought maybe Locky Hunter for Paddy Dow. I think Dow is um, um, Dow needs a fresh start and Carlton needs to help him to get another team to sort of um, get him uh, get him away from us. But I thought maybe Locky Hunter also needs to get a fresh start as well and maybe that could work. But uh, what do you think, boys?
4: Max, thanks for your call. Uh, in terms of that, I don't think it'll happen because Blake Akers has already gone to Carlton, so they wouldn't go another player at of, of that elk. And I th- you would think Carlton's salary cap would be right up, up the top there now. And and Hunter, uh, what would his deal be worth? Can you think he would be a four to five hundred or yeah, five hundred thousand would, dollars? Probably would be, yeah. yeah, because of the form. Yeah, he's been top three in the Dogs he's best. Vice captain, vice captain. He yeah. Well, yeah, so I don't think Carlton could afford it. Dow would be a base salary. You'd think uh, Lockie Hunter would be. Yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. Well over the average wage, uh, which is mm. three fifty, so he'd be about five hundred. You would think so. I don't think that would work uh, for Carlton.
3: Text coming through. Morning, Lorto and Cornsey. If Collingwood accept pick twenty-seven for Brodie Grundy, I'll be appalled. A two-time All Australian at twenty-eight, who has only had one lean year of form. Twenty-twenty was back to his best in twenty-twenty-one and suffered injury this year. Why Collingwood and Graham Wright revealed their hands so early. Could they not have made clubs aware that Brody is available, but not shopped him around with the desperation that he had to go there. They must admit that I reckon that's the feedback we've received the most. This trade period is unhappy Collingwood fans over the situation with Brody Grundy, mm. Lorto, but it's happening.
4: Yeah. He's, he's been a fan favorite for them. He's given his yeah. absolute all. And, and it was only, a, it's amazing how quickly this game uh, can get you. Yeah. He was the best Ruckman in the comp or number two to Gorn for a long, long period for probably two or three years. And, and now he's on the trade table and being given away, having some of his salary paid, pick 27. Uh, so that that de- desperation to get
3: him off the books is why pick seven will probably be around the mark. Now, uh, you asked me what Sava Radagli was worth. I said a pick in the 40s. Lordo, you're a bit uh, less than that. Mm. This text Kane, take your port bias cap off. Sav is a big key position player. We did all the development. Well, you we can't get a game at the Cats. And I think it's a bit rich for then Geelong to go and say, well, other players are worth pick 38. You know, 20-year-olds that were taken pick 17 two seasons ago. So I think that was where they would see him. But in the end, I'm not really going to haggle over a pick you know, if it's 30 or if it's 40, it doesn't really matter at but times. I think we can overrate draft picks. But he'd be
4: critical for you going forward, wouldn't he, Port? Because, you know, we've, time will tell. He's only played the one game at AFL level. That's an back. It was a good yep. one against West Coast, but his form had been good in the seconds doing that. But it's exactly what they need, Port Adelaide, isn't it? I'm not sure they can win a premiership. Uh, with what
3: they've got, you know, McKenzie and Aliria and these guys yeah. trying to hold Jonas. down, the, yeah, the yeah. big big forwards. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's a it's a massive need for them and one that I think that they desperately need to to do. So you know, if it's if it's a, a pick a little bit earlier on than that, just to get it done, then I would encourage them uh, to do that. I did read in the Herald Sun, Lordo about uh, Big Peter Ride and renegotiating a deal at um, at Essendon after winning the best and fairest, and once again the ridiculous situation where Gold Coast have actually been paying some of Peter Wright's mm. wage, if, if you read that to be correct. So um, Gold Coast were paying up to $100,000 of Peter Wright's $400,000 salary. But what a bargain player. Mm. And I wanted to ask the question about, now we speak a lot about players who earn big money and perhaps have been overpaid, and we touched on that yesterday. But 0419187323, the best value players in the game, Blake Akers going to to Carlton on three hundred thousand is is an absolute mm. steal for me. Peter Wright kicking fifty-three goals, being paid only three hundred mm. grand from Essendon is an absolute bargain. Tyson um, Stengel. Tyson Stengel. Mm. Yeah, you know, Atkins at yeah. Geelong. So th- those those players are absolutely crucial, but don't take up a large chunk of your salary cap. O four one nine-one eight seven three two three if you want to jump on and send us a text. We'll hear from David King on Jason Horn Francis. I've had a few texts asking for us to play that. We'll do that next. You are listening to the early trade. It's for tyre power. tyre power's free safety check ensures your car tyre is safe. Get the power with tyre power. If I was,
2: for Henley Homes. Build a Henley solar-powered all-electric home and save up to
3: 70% on your energy bills. By Henley Completed Home and move in now. Henley Completed Home selling in Mickleham and Tarnit. Henley.com.au. If I was, I'll go quickly first. Reading in the Herald Sun today, page 93. Melbourne has been urged to accept Fremantle's best offer of pick 13 and a future first round pick for Luke Jackson and get on with the business of securing Brody Grundy. If I was Melbourne, I wouldn't be accepting Fremantle's best offer of pick 13 and a future first round pick for Luke Jackson, considering he's the most valuable prospect on the trade table for this whole time. And that is not fair, I don't think. Pick 13 and a future first, which would be around the same. So two late first round draft picks for Luke Jackson, I don't think is fair value, Lordo. So if I was Melbourne, I'd continue to hold out and look for a little bit more. I'm with you. Yeah, I don't think it's enough. I think there has to
4: be something inside the top 10 uh, yeah, this year uh, for them to trade. Uh, look, Jackson, mm. if I was Colin Young, I'd be nervous, Kane, yes. Because uh, you just got to be careful when you keep putting players up uh, and you've yeah, you got to get the deal done. So for Rory Lobb, like, he's got a lot riding on this. So he's got – last year it happened, didn't get done. This year uh, he's got already a partner who's living in Melbourne. But you've uh, got to know that the dogs are going to satisfy here uh, because uh, imagine him having to go back there two years in a row and Rory Lobb getting a bit of a reputation that he keeps putting his hand up every year. How many times has he changed clubs or mm-hmm. looked to change clubs? So that's, you've got to manage your players smartly in this situation. Um, so, yeah, I think he's got, a lot, got to make sure this deal happens. he would be client. really
3: nervous as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Bobby Hill last year as well. Yeah, as well. As well demanded yeah. a trade and, and couldn't get that done. So the best player managers, mm-hmm. that they, they don't go public until they know that they can get these deals done. So, yeah, we'll wait and see, um, and I'd be nervous as well. Righto, over to you. Tom is in Williamstown. You want to speak about Brad Scott, his appointment at the Bombers. Tom, do you like it? Oh, mate. Uh, g'day, Lloydy.
0: G'day, uh, Cornsy. How are um, you, hey, boys? Good. Oh, Lordy, I've never been happier with the club, mate. I know people are going at Dave Barham. I think it's totally unfair, bro. If it wasn't for Barham, mate, we'd be stuck with Ben Rutton. We'd be going into this year. He'd be grabbing people like the Goie and all these other players, bringing them into that environment. You know how much guts it took for Barham to get the board off, to get put his put his name, in, you know, next to that, and in, look past James Hurd and the baggage. Go against all that and bring in a great coach like Brad Scott, who's been so good when he's spoken so far. He has preached what I wanted to hear. We're not entitled. We might be a big club with a good history, but he hasn't banged on about it. And he's not going to the trade, bringing in wash players. I'm just, I've am just i never been happier Lloyd in with... I know people are angry at Barham, but get on board. Support him, mate. You know what I mean? I reckon he's done it. A magical job, even though with this CEO rubbish. How many people are allowed to fish around people's uh, face? Why would you look up his church? You know what I mean. Like who would do that?
4: Tom, I agree with uh, a lot of what you're saying because it has taken a lot of courage for David to you know do what he's done to you know have you know make a decision to be the leader to have uh, four board members leave, uh, move on the, the president or who's still on the board in Paul Brasher CEO uh, change the coach. Because he's seen, you know, not much change at Essen and the results not really improving. He's made some uh, poor choices. I thought the rut and the what that handling was, uh, poor by David. Uh, also, yeah, you know, this has been embarrassing. Uh, the situation with the CEO. So he hasn't got everything right. But I'm with you in terms of what he's been trying to do to for the betterment of uh, Essendon and seeing some change because of the lack of success and the mediocrity over many years. I think David has been frustrated, and he decided, okay, I'm gonna try and take take a stand to see if we can get some different uh, standards and behaviours. And I think leading to Brad Scott is a big upgrade mm. uh, and, and a real win despite the embarrassment of the last three or four days. And I saw, Kane there was talk of Andrew Muir, uh, who owns the Mighty Muir's chain. He's on the board and that there was some who are uh, sort of uh, hopefully pushing for him to potentially uh, take charge for some mm. who are agitating against David Barham. I just hope that doesn't happen because... Where is the club again? Starting again with new leadership. More instability. More instability, yeah.
3: Yeah, a lot of texts coming through on those uh, bargain players. Uh, John Newcomb's getting a lot of nominations from those Hawthorne fans. Jack Crisp is a player who's an absolute bargain. Uh, Toby Nan Curvis is getting a mention as one of the most underrated players and bargains, three time premiership player, got him for nothing and wouldn't be paid a whole lot. Tom Hawkins says Scott isn't on that much coin um, versus his performance. So thank you for those texts coming through, Daniels in Pasco Vale. You want to speak about the bombers also, Dan? What's your thoughts?
6: I do, boys. Um, I
7: just wanted to um, get you guys thoughts on um, the the draft hand that we've got. Obviously, we've got uh, pick four, which may get pushed out of pick five and six. But um, I actually think it's pretty exciting to, unfortunately, have in the position to have a, a, a first round pick, but. Um, I think it's exciting for all Essendon supporters knowing we're going to get some talent in and we're going to get some father-son picks in as well with the Davy twins. Um, and then if uh, Tipper comes back as well, um, you know, it just it hopefully will breed a, a new round of excitement around the club. Obviously, there's a lot going on at the moment, but if uh, Dodoro can nail a couple of picks for us and um, give us uh, something mm. to look forward to for next season, um, I definitely think uh, we're on the up.
4: It's all he can do, really. I think it's been a frustrating time. Uh, for Essendon and Adrian because he he really hasn't had a hand to play with when you haven't Mm. had a coach up until last week and what went on last week, that didn't help. You know, when Jack Bowes is walking through the footy club and then the same day, uh, you know, the CEO gets uh, moved on after 30 hours, uh, you can't really do too much or or why would an established player want to actually come to your football club? So it's about the draft and Brad Scott, that's where he's wanted to go anyway. But uh, yeah, pick... Pick four, and, and you're right, uh, Alwyn Davey Jr. Uh, would be ranked around the 20 to 25 mark. Yep. So uh, he'll, he'll be a good inclusion. And Jaden uh, Davey has had an ACL injury this year, so I'm not sure where he'll fit in, but he'd be more a, a later selection, I would have thought.
3: Right. David King was on Fox Footy. He spoke about uh, the North Melbourne player, Jason Horn Francis, wanting out. I think sometimes as
6: a club you can be super strong and say we're not just, we're not just accepting what a manager says. Um, we, we're a footy club here, we're going to back ourselves in. You've got another year of contract. I, I, I'm not concerned that he's unhappy at the moment. You can work through that. We've seen that hundreds of times across the, across the system. Uh, if the deal's not right, th- there's no need to do it. It's, it's, a big, it's a big investment from the Kangaroos. Pick one last year. Yeah. You know, There's, there's enough gone wrong this year to say, well, hang, hang on, enough's enough. As a football club, we're taking a stand.
3: Yeah, differing views on that. Laudo says the best thing for the Kangaroos is to trade him now. I don't necessarily disagree with David King there. I don't think it's the worst thing if North Melbourne hold on to him. I think Jimmy Bartell and Adam Cooney have said similar, but other people say nah, uh, trade him now while his value is at its maximum. North fans, you can have your say on that. Would you be disappointed if they didn't trade him, or do you think they should make a stand and hold him to that contract? One three hundred twenty three fifty five forty eight. Stephen Silvani. He's going to join us on the early trade next. It's for tyre power. Family safety is never up for trade. Yeah, it is the early trade, and you can have your say on one 23 48 There's a lot of text messages coming through, which we'll get to now. Uh, the boys last night said the Pies could be interested in Matt Crouch if Tom Mitchell doesn't happen, Lordo. Uh, are they the only ones interested to make Hawthorne nervous and make them pay more of his contract or want less in return, says Matt? There has been reports over some interest on Matt Crouch. I'm not sure he should be a priority at Collingwood, even if they don't get Tom Mitchell. So, um, yeah, anyway, we'll wait and see how that plays out. But we have the fullback of the century joining us. Of course, you'll hear him on the late trade with Damian Barrett and David Noble. Stephen Silvani is his name. Sos, good morning. Good morning, Kane. How are you? I'm good. And you're not happy with me? (laughs) I
6: just want to... What have I done to you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> have, you, have you? we were laughing yesterday. Have you recovered from your run?
3: No, well, you haven't. Done, you haven't done anything to me. We we do have a segment. And I'm not sure if you've listened to it or whether you've just read the headline sauce. But truth or spin? We believe that there's a lot of spin oh, right. at these times, and we use your audio as an example on Paddy Dowell. I called it spin that he's an oh, AFL right. player sauce. I disagree okay. with you on that, but i I would love for you to to make your case. On, on Paddy Dow, high draft pick, hasn't been able to establish himself yeah. at the Blues. What sort of club, or have you got a club where you think he would be worthy of a second opportunity and another chance to make it at the level?
6: Well, I think, um, first of all, that's something for Kane... Oh, sorry, for, for Paddy and um, the club to sort of work out. Um, if I know Paddy well enough, he's a, he's a type of person that would try and dig in um, and look, my my view on it, and I think uh, the piece that you might have um, heard was, when a, a new coach and group of coaches come in, they can sometimes have a different mix that they'd like to see, particularly mm. through the midfield, and and that happens, and um, you know we've we, we've seen that over time, but often you know you get to an end of the year and. They go through the review and you have your exit meetings, and they may say you're not in the best 22. You're going to be, it's going to be tough to get a game. But then for some reason, the following year you find yourself that you work hard and you get through the preseason and you find a spot. And a classic example of that was, I mean, at Carlton was Matty Kennedy who was delisted last year, and then pretty much mm. six seven games in, he ended up getting a four year deal. So um, things, and and that was a new coach coming in, so. Um, you can turn around and I think it's just it's it's littered with um, examples of that over time and particularly my time sort of as a list manager and I, I, I've been I've been um, you know part of the processes where we've actually told um, players to maybe look elsewhere and there's been no interest for whatever reason and then the following year You know they're in your best 22, and you're going. Geez, thank God we didn't uh, we didn't get him out of the club. So, but obviously, you know it it works for some players as well to go to other clubs. You know, you see Will Will Brody's gone to another club who's Mm. who's you know had a really good season. So, but I I really think um, that Paddy Dow is an AFL player. Um, He has struggled to, to get through the midfield. Uh, purely because of what Carlton had brought in in Hewitt and also Chira and Matty Kennedy sort of jumping up, which was probably
3: unexpected the way he played um, this year. As as a list manager, the the role of analytics now, now you're a couple of seasons or two or three seasons removed from being in the cut and thrust of it, but it would have started to infiltrate the data and the recruitment and influence your decisions. How have you seen that uh, play a role and, Come into fashion, I guess, in this space.
6: Yeah, it's more so. I, I think from a from the AFL, and you, you're looking at um, you know the senior team. They and and I'm, we're just purely looking at the mig, midfield. You're looking at the mix, and um, you know they'll they'll dig in to say, well, when we've won stoppages, who's been in there? Um, you know, so they'll they'll look at their their four plays. Obviously, the ruckman or the three plays that have been in there, they're the ones when those three plays are in there, we win it. You know, seventy percent of the time, and um, so they 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 dig deep into all of that. So there's no doubt all that's coming into the play. Um, so uh, hence why, you know, I, I guess coaches like a different mix in there, or, or they, they like a particular mix in there, and some players get pushed out.
4: Hey, Soss, uh, Jack Bowe's draft year, uh, you would have been at Carlton where you was their list boss at that time. I was going to ask you, when you do your rankings, do you remember where you had Jack in that draft year, what position you would have had him?
6: Yeah, I think I can't exactly remember what what pick we sort of had him, but he was definitely in the first round. Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah, I'm just in the first round, yeah. Can't wait to see him uh, at Geelong and how he goes. Uh, pick 10, he went to the Gold Coast. Suns. So, uh, am interested in your thoughts on what Matty Rendell went with yesterday. Could you believe that a club like Geelong could throw up a pick 38 and think that would get a deal done for Henry? Like, why, why would they do yeah, something
6: like that? Yeah, look, I don't know. I mean, look, a lot of the time, and look, Matty's got his contacts, you know, but I wouldn't – look, they, they, they're probably – that's a starting point for Geelong, knowing that it could come, you know, knowing that they might have to give up a bit more. So I, I certainly think he's worth more than a pick, 35 or 38, whatever, you know, whatever they've got. So, um, but having said that, Geelong have been, look, over time have been really, they, they're really good to deal with. So I guess when things are sort of stalling, um, you know, there's a little bit of rumour that goes around, but um, I'm sure they'll get those deals done. Did you
4: ever have a consideration of walking a player through to the preseason draft and get yeah. nothing for him? You did, yeah. What what situation uh, was oh, that for oh, oh, you? A, a,
6: like, sorry, sorry, from, in a the Dunphy situation, was... yeah. Yeah, well, we've. I mean, the only the, the, the ones that um, with me that probably sort of uh, I, I can explain is probably the Jack Martin one, but he wasn't our player, mm. so we tried to do a deal with Gold Coast, um, and that fell over, um, so. Uh, he actually ended up walking through to the preseason mm. draft. So um, has it happened the other way, uh, where where uh, mm. the club that I've been working with um, a play that we hold has he walked through to the national draft? Now I've always been able to
3: get a deal done, and that
6: that happens more often than not.
3: Mm. So, so I loved the, the time when you, you you spoke a really strong game about Bryce Gibbs and. Now, yeah. many were thinking is hey, Sauce bluffing here like he's saying no, if, the, if there's a deal that it isn't fair we're, we're going to hold Bryce to his contract and you did and yeah. you followed through and then you ended up trading him 12 months later and, and cleaned Adelaide up on that deal so the prospect of holding Jason Horn Francis to the last year yeah. of his deal what would you advise North Melbourne or ha- have you thought about what you would do if you're in a similar position as them
6: yeah, look, I don't know all the information around mm. Jason Horn Francis, so I don't know his makeup, I don't know where his mindset is, and and all that. So that all gets taken into consideration. Um, but look, it's really difficult for a club when they come um, into the say the trade period, and then they and someone like a Jason Horn Francis manager goes, listen, I want to move and it's unexpected because you really haven't done your homework in terms of probably going to see players that are out there that you can replace him with. Um, So sometimes it's not just about getting picks through the door, it's about replacing the player. And that's really important because... You know, there's always an element of um, uncertainty um, when you actually are getting picks because there's no guarantee that they're going to become AFL players. And we've seen we've seen with early picks that you know you can get them right, but you can get them wrong as well. So, but what we know about Jason Horn francis is we know that he's going to be a very very good AFL player. Like his ability, he can play at the level, so that you know he can play. Mm. So all I'd be saying from from North's point of view is that. Um, you know, and, and this is where the manager comes into play. He's got to drive the deal now with Port Adelaide. So he's got he's got Horn Francis committed to Adelaide. He's got to drive that deal and make sure that um, North Melbourne are adi- adequately compensated because Port have committed to Horn Francis. Mm. Did you ever care what other clubs thought of you and how you were perceived at this time? Not really, I mean my, my, I always had the view look you always try and do um, you always try and have good relationships and deal with clubs, but my, my view is I'm there employed by the football club and I'm there to get the best deal for my club and and do the very best and and I think all list managers do that you know so um, but if, if things don't work out well you know you've got to brush. Brush yourself off and hopefully, um, you know, get to the other club and and you can mend relationships. And so, listen, it's only business. We'll move on. Let's not take mm-hmm. it personally. Just on the point
4: you made there, so so I'm thinking when you're doing the Gibbs deal, it's just you and Justin Reid, Carlton and Adelaide. But yeah, the role the manager plays, so they play how, how yep. yeah, so they play just a bigger part, do they?
6: Yeah, well, certainly they do. Yeah. In, in relation to look, the managers um, look they they work with their player. So they they realise they're not silly. Can they get the deal done? So they don't want to drag a player through a situation where he's leaving the club, knowing that there's no hope that that particular club the mm. player wants to get to, they're going to be able to do a deal, you know. Mm. And 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 that's where right at the minute, I think the the port situation with Horn Francis. Um, you know, it, it can become difficult because it's not just all about the picks. You know, mm. do Port have to throw a player in, or do Port have to get a player to to to, to say a three way a three way deal come into play? Do They need to get a player to West Coast so they can possibly get that pick two as well that, that can um, you know uh, appease. North Melbourne, and do they need to top that up? Also Port. So there, there's so many things that come into the equation, but the, the manager's really important. There's no use saying, I want to get my play to this particular club, knowing that deal can't get done, and then eventually it all falls down at the end.
4: So we've got so many texts coming through this morning, angry Collingwood fans saying 27. Surely it can't be right, and uh, we can't be copying that for Brody Grundy. But is that just the position they're in? Because... Uh, Melbourne would know the situation uh, of Collingwood and that they're the only club involved in the deal. And how do you see that one?
6: Yeah, I I think it was sort of common knowledge throughout the the AFL industry that Grundy was, that deal was that if you're going to take a fair bit of his wage, that, you know, it was going to be a second round pick. So Mm. um, I'm not 100% sure on, on that information, but that was the word sort of going around. So. Um, you know, do you look at it? Is it a bit of a salary cap dump? Sure, sure it is. But look, all, all I'd say, excuse me, to to Collingwood supporters, um, in isolation that deal doesn't look great. But I, I guess from a club point of view, at the end of the trade period, you look at what's come in and what's come out. So you may sort of have you may be behind on some deals, but you might be in front on the others. So I think we've got to analyse with um, the pies at the end of this trade, trading period,
3: have a look what's come in and then what's gone out and then make make a decision then. Mm. Uh, Soss, outstanding as always, mate. appreciate you jumping on and giving us your insights. All good. Thanks, Kane, And I hope we're OK. Uh, we are very, very tight, <laughs> you and I. And I look forward <laughs> to tuning in this afternoon as well. Must listen, Matty Rendell, David Noble, Stephen Silvani, Damian Barrett, the best team in the business with the late trade this afternoon continuing to drive the debate and the discussion around this trade period. If you want to have your say on the other side of this, you can do so. Also, a big list coming up. Lordo, just just a tease again for us, for our, our new listeners. Well,
4: standoffs. So there's a fair few going on right here, right now with uh, Lobb. We've got Jackson. We've got uh, Dunkley. So plenty of standoffs going on. So I'm going to say, look at the best standoffs I've seen in trade period. It didn't eventually go the player or the club's ways.
3: Lordo's List is coming up. It's the early trade for tyre power. Tyre power's free safety check ensures your car tyre is safe. Get the power with tyre power. Back after this. Lloyd's
2: List, for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with Rhino Rack and their roof rack solutions
3: for the all-new Ford Ranger. Lloyd's List, it's for Rhino Rack. Make space for adventure with their roof rack solutions. Visit RhinoRack.com.au to learn more. Lordo.
4: So I'm looking at standoffs over this trade period, Kane. And uh, at number seven, it's a seven uh, list today. Uh, mm-hmm. no, Tom Papley, when he tried to get to Carlton. Uh, I think it was maybe at the end of 2019, I knew Papley was a good player, but I didn't realize just how good he was. So Carlton were desperate for that small forward. They've had a lot that you know, they've tried. Yep. None of them have been amazing for Carlton, but he was the one they identified. And, uh, I think he had family concerns with his father wasn't well, uh, but Sydney Swans refused to, they couldn't get a trade done. And he remained at the Sydney Swans has now signed a long-term deal with them, Kane. So
3: yeah, I think he just signed for five. So five goes years. to show he can turn it around. Rhino, Keith back in the day. Oh, sorry. I don't want to. That sorry. <laughs> That's all right. Keep all going. Good. Keep uh, going.
4: Josh uh, Dunkley. Uh, obviously there was a one a couple of years ago where yeah, he wanted to go to Western and uh, two first round draft picks was what uh, the Western Bulldogs wanted. Uh, yep. Couldn't get that deal done, so he remains at the Dogs. But that one uh, now he wants to leave again. So it's happening again. I'm still intrigued by that. Uh, I don't think he's ever really spoken out around why. Why have you heard it anywhere? Came why he's leaving?
3: Well, at the time it was speculated about he was unhappy with I think the professionalism perhaps yeah. of of some of his teammates. Very seems to be a very driven from from what you hear sort of player and professional. I'm not sure whether he was upset over some of the standards, but that that's all I've heard, mm. and I'm not sure whether that's the case now, whether he just you know wants a change of scene. And he
4: was playing ruck uh, for a period around that yeah, time too, true. which I don't think he was too happy about. At uh, number five, uh, Joey Danaher trying to get to the Sydney Swans. Mm. So he wanted to go to Sydney. Um, massive standoff. Adrian Dodoro didn't do the trade. Orazio Fantasia was in a similar boat at the same time trying to get to his club, but Dodoro didn't trade Danaher or Fantasia. But they both... Uh, moved on since that time. So it's a situation where Essendon haven't improved as a club. Kane and both their players eventually left a year later, but Dano to a different club.
3: Don't think it has hurt the Bombers significantly, though. So certainly Fantasia hasn't, albeit he played some good football and Danaher's the same. He was spotted, wasn't he, at Tom Harley's house he mid-year was. or something like that. So <laughs> I that think was, that's Tomlinson. always a big story. Yeah, big story when that happens yeah. as well and the cameras capture it.
4: Tomlinson was living across the road from Tom Harley and saw it and uh, mentioned to someone <laughs> and it spread like wildfire. Uh, number four, the one you just uh, teased there, 2008. Oh, no, it doesn't. Ryan O'Keefe, uh, he, he wanted to go to the Hawks uh, for a first rounder. Hawks wouldn't give up a first round draft pick. So uh, in the end, he stayed. He won the best and fairest the following year uh, in 2009 and then won the Norm Smith in a premiership mm, season a number huge. of years later. That's number four. We just spoke to Soss, Bryce Gibbs. That was as big as any trade I can remember being spoken about. 2016, Soss wanted two first rounders. Adelaide said no, but a year later gave up pick 10 and 16, Uh, 12 months on in the Mm. deal that Soss wanted originally. Uh, Number two, Jade Rawlings. So 2003, so Jade Rawlings was playing with Hawthorne. Always want to play at North Melbourne, Jade did, with his brother. Mm. Uh, But in the end, uh, I I read this one last night, Kate. It was the Western Bulldogs and Hawthorne were were putting a trade together that would suit them. The Dogs and would suit Hawthorne, but the North one wouldn't suit any of them. So in the end, they said, we're, we're sending you. So he ended up going in the preseason draft to right. to the Western Bulldogs. And I remember he kicked eight against West Coast in round one. And people were hailing Jade Rawlings as being, this is the forward that we've always <laughs> been crying out for. It uh, didn't work out that way. Uh, and he, ended, he was serviceable for them. And he ended up going to North Melbourne. A number of years later, Uh, he got there, but uh, not when he wanted to. And the number one one was, you touched on earlier in the program, the standoff for Port Adelaide and Collingwood. Uh, Port Mm. Adelaide refused to trade him to Collingwood, uh, and he ended up going to Carlton, where he didn't really want to be. It was a bottom club. He he was serviceable for Carlton, played some good footy, but he wanted to go to a premiership potential side, not a, uh, a wooden spooner.
3: Yeah, and it's funny how these things work out. Like he he wanted to go to a Premiership contender at the end of 2003, yeah. leaves, doesn't get to where he wants to go, and mm. Port Adelaide win the Premiership yeah. the following year, and he would have absolutely been a key part of that Premiership. So they're the decisions that players make. You, know, you, you think about Tim Kelly and, and also mm. the standoff that they had for a season there, and then he goes and, and misses out on the Premiership, so how those players would feel. So the top seven standoffs, Tom Papley, Josh Dunkley, Joe Danaher, Ryan O'Keefe, Bryce Gibbs, Jade Rawling, and Nick Stevens. A great trip down memory lane there for Laudos List. You can have your say on that or any other topic throughout this trade period as James in Caulfield has done. You want to speak about Jason Horn Francis, James? Good morning.
7: Hey guys. Yeah, I just kind of. Um, it looks very similar to back when Dangerfield, uh, Geelong were really going hard for Dangerfield in Adelaide. And uh, it probably took them a fair few years to actually get that through. But I just see the kid at, at his age now. I'd be looking at um, you know similar players at Port Adelaide that are the, are the similar age, and because he's really going to keep the club relevant for another five years. I know when Danger came, we were looking at how good he would match up with Selwood, how good he'd match up with Hawkins, and you know even though we didn't get over the line until last year, he really made us relevant for another five years when he came. And I just if I'm a Port fan or if I'm Port Adelaide, I'm just getting any deal done to get this deal done.
4: The hard part, though, James, is the players who don't want to be part of it from Port Adelaide. So, you know, there may come a time in five, ten years' time where it doesn't matter and you just send players to the club even if they're not um, they're not uh, agreeing to it, Kane. Do you reckon we'll ever get mm. to that point And would you want that in our what? game?
3: Yeah, I, I think I would. I think yeah. the power is is too heavily favored in, in favor of of the the players. Like for for Rory Lobb to say, I want to go. Mm. Uh, there's ten Victorian teams, but I'm only going to go to one. Mm. Like, I just don't know that that's fair on Fremantle. If if the reason you want to go is for homesickness reasons, same with Jason Orn-Francis or any player for that matter, then the club, if they're contracted, should be able to mm. give them to the best deal that's on offer, yep. and that would make it a bit more equitable. But that that would be. My view on that one, and you can have yours. Uh, there's a lot of text coming through this morning. The fact that Ken Hinckley is out of contract after next year, does that mean he said he wants to go all in on the trade period to make sure they have their best chance to win the Premiership? Says Matt. Oh, absolutely, there would be some of that. I, I think there would be some of that with Damien Harbick as well. Like it's not Damien Harbick doesn't care about seven years for Hopper and Taranto because the last three or four years, he's probably not going to be at Richmond. He's probably not going to be at Richmond for 20 years. So you want to go all in, but I'm not that critical of, of Ken being keen to get nineteen year olds in. Um, that, that wouldn't that wouldn't phase me at all. But the coach's role in this Lordo, you know, mm. for someone like a Brett Ratton who's under pressure, Luke Beveridge under pressure, Damien Hardwick not under pressure, but would absolutely want a fourth premiership to put him in the, the complete upper echelon of coaching history. There would be a role in that somewhere. Yeah,
4: some coaches get heavily involved. Some coaches say, "Okay, this is the time for the list manager. That's their grand final time. It's their Melbourne Cup time. So just leave them to it." Uh, so that that's what may happen. Clarkson might be the type. He's in everything, and then other coaches like Damien Hardy, He might go study, study this time of year, uh, mm. and and improve himself. Uh, I miss one. Kane love this text. Best standoffs. Remember Cam McCarthy. Uh, he wanted to get the Frio right. from the Giants. And uh the text says McCarthy sits out an entire year rather than play mm. with the Giants and eventually got to Fremantle. Uh yeah, was uh yeah, he was a talented player, Cam McCarthy, but had uh issues that never allowed him to reach his peak.
3: Uh good on you. That's a that's an excellent yeah. one that we that we didn't mention. David's in Melbourne, you want to speak about Port Adelaide, Dave? Good morning.
8: Yeah, got two points to make. Kane, just your point about players should be able to the club should be able to chore off the players wherever they you know, want to. We don't live on. The, they're not slaves. They are people. They got a choice where they want to work. So I don't think that that should ever happen in Australian society, in Australian sport. I wouldn't want but, a player playing at my club that didn't want to be there. I don't think. You know why would you want a player?
3: Well, you get you get there? you get players that play for your club all the time that don't want to be there. That's called the draft, and we've seen the disappointment of some players that have been drafted into state that they clearly that's not their preference to be there, but. It's not your usual working environment. These players put themselves into the draft. They sign a form knowing that they can go anywhere. And it's only going to be a short period of time. So uh, I think to compare it to a normal job is unrealistic. It's not your normal occupation playing professional sport. In other sports across the world, it happens all the time where players are traded to clubs that they haven't had a say in where they're going.
8: The, the wages you get, you're, you're quoting, you know, international sport, American sport. The wages there, they get paid. Per what's week. that got
3: to do with it, though? Well, it's all it's all relative. It's still they're still on big money. What what's what you get paid? What, how's that relevant?
8: Well, it's a massively relevant.
3: Why? I'll say it's not
8: relevant, ridiculous.
3: Why? Why is it? Well, explain that to me.
8: Three hundred, three hundred grand a year compared to three hundred grand a week. Most people might say, "All right, I might ship off to the other side of the country for three hundred grand." Uh, Per week, when they won't do that for three hundred grand a year, I mean, to say that that's not relevant is ridiculous.
3: No, I think if, anyway, if you're talking to if you're talking to the average Australian who earns seventy thousand thousand dollars a year, and you're saying you know some AFL players are earning one point one million, I think the average Australian would go, yeah, I'd be happy to go and live in Western Australia for one point one a year. I, I, so I think absolutely it is all relative when you're talking Australian wages and the average wage, Dave. I think most Australians would be comfortable to go and live in a different state for a million bucks a year for for a short period of time. So,
8: Kane, with your family situation, with your career, uh, with, you know, people have illnesses
3: with children and
8: partners that don't want to move, etc., you would have been happy to jump up stumps?
3: No, it's not about whether I would have been happy about it. I put my name to go into the draft, so I was completely comfortable with any of the... 17 or 16 teams, whatever it was when I was drafted, to go anywhere to play AFL football. would it Was it ideal for me? No. But would I have done it to live my dream of playing AFL footy? Absolutely. I, I would have done that. But I get your point, David. It's, it's a it's a debate. Um, different people have different views. I've asked Lordo about it before, yeah. and I think, Lordo, you've said, no, I wouldn't have wanted to leave Victoria. Yeah.
4: I think what happened with me, Sheedy bought out a book recently, oh, about five years ago, and he actually wrote in the book that he would have loved to have got Judd and he would have traded myself and joe watson that mm. was what he would have liked to have done i never heard of that when i was playing <laughs> until after sheets sheets yeah but um i i wouldn't have i was 28 years of age at that time and i wouldn't have wanted to go to west coast you're, what you're saying is if that's what the industry is i may mm. have had to just deal with it but i would have at that time if i had have known about it i would have said sheets okay that's you don't see me as part of your plans can we get a third club involved and I'll I'll go and play somewhere else. But mm. West Coast is not where I want to, want to go to. So uh, I can understand David's point as well.
3: Yeah, thought-provoking stuff. Good on you, Dave. Thanks for the debate. Matthew is in Huntfield Heights in South Australia. You want to speak about Port Adelaide, Maddie?
4: Yeah, definitely. Um,
8: I was just wondering, you know, I can't remember a time where the media have got stuff so wrong about this. Like, I've... Um, You know, reports of uh, Riley Bonner speaking to North Melbourne and, you know, later on that afternoon his manager said he'd never even been brought up. And then again with West Coast, with Dan Houston, apparently um, last night I saw reports that uh, West Coast hadn't even brought him up. So do we actually know what's going on with that? Because, yeah, it seems like it's just kind of gone around in circles a bit.
3: Yeah, sometimes it is hard to decipher what is what is fact and fiction. And Lord of and I have sort of done a bit of that with with the, the spin and, and truth segment that we've been doing. But yeah, it could just be a casual conversation that between you know, someone at the club with a, with a player manager or, or a family member. I know that's happened in the past with Ollie Wines. Like I think Carlton spoke to a family member and then that was reported, but the club had no knowledge of it. So I'm sure there's some truth to it, to the reports. I don't think journalists just make things up for the sake of it. Uh, Let's go to Andrew in Kings Park. G'day, Andrew.
0: G'day, Kane. G'day, Lloydie. How are you? Good, Andrew. Good. Um, I just wanted to ask a question in relation to the Next Generation Academy and the father-sons. If you had um, father-sons playing in the Next Generation Academy that that are father-sons, how would they get drafted? Would they get drafted as Next Generation Academy or would they get drafted as... Uh, father-son's? Because obviously I think with father-son's you have a little bit more advantage than a next generation academy in terms of where the picks fall.
4: Hey Andrew, father-son overrides next generation academy. So say for example, there's a boy by the name of Cameron McKenzie who's from Brighton Grammar. He's in the St Kilda next generation academy. Uh, so in in the past so now it's, uh, they're going to phase that out. They're going to phase that out. So he, he's a top 10, top 15 selection. So that that, that At the moment, this year's draft, uh, you only can go to that club if you're outside the top 40 picks. So he's inside the top 40, so he, St Kilda won't have access to him. Like um, Mar- Marcus Windhager last year, uh, it was top 20. He had to fall within the uh, you know, top... If you're inside top 20, you couldn't go there. Marcus went pick 40, so he could go to St Kilda uh, in that sense. Father, son, well, you can go to that club if they want you. Um, whereas Next Generation Academy, that's pretty much going to be gone, I think, within the next 12 months where they're phasing that out and, um, you know, you can't get get access to players
3: that way. Good stuff, Lordo. Let's go to Tassie and speak to Marty. You want to speak about the Bombers, Marty?
7: Yeah, go boys. Um, just a little bit wondering, Essendon obviously, obviously to having a lot of salary-capped space. Who in the future is they going to be dispended on that we need, obviously... A decent, well, not a decent forward. There's no disrespect to Peter Wright, but we need another forward to help help our younger guys out, and also probably another midfielder. Um, Harms would have been all right. I would have thought, as a bigger body in there with help, Dylan Chill out, which I thought played some good games at the back end of the year i just wondering who in the future
3: can we target? And now yeah, Mackay sort of signed up. Uh, so, well, Mackay signed up. I thought, you know, Ben King would have been a great one for the Bombers, but he recently signed. I don't think he signed a long-term deal at Gold Coast, so perhaps that's one that they could, could look at. But those big forwards are starting to come off the market. So, Bombers fans, who would you like to target out there? Maybe Toby Green could be gettable in 12 months' time. This is the early trade. It's for tyre power. Family safety is um, is never up for trade. And all the news of the day for Beaumont Tiles coming up after this.
2: A trade news update for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles are ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up.
3: Yeah, the news is for Beaumont Tiles. Hey, Tylers, need stock fast? Beaumont Tiles ready to help with over 115 outlets stocked up. The current... Brisbane captain Dane Zorgo was on SEN Queensland and he was asked about the potential recruitment of Josh
1: Dunkley. Josh is a fantastic player. He's just won their best and fairest. I understand the price tag that comes with that. Um, what the Bulldogs are saying is they are prepared to let him walk to the preseason draft, which then enables any club to come in and, have a and swoop and, and pick him up, mm. which we, you know, um, then hope. it becomes a bidding war. Yeah, it could, yeah. yeah exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, So, ideally, we'd love to get the deal done before 5 o'clock today, Um, I would have thought, but I'm sure our recruiters have got things in the pipeline ready to go. Um, They would have accounted for all these scenarios. Um, So, to answer your question, I still don't know the system. (laughs) (laughs) But I am confident that the powers to be at our club will get um, Josh Dunkley over the line, we'll be able to secure Will Ashcroft and Jasper Fletcher and um, Jack Gunston as well, which I think with the Dan Day compensation pick, we should be able to mm. send something Hawthorne's way for for the Jack Gunston deal. So um, it always gets a little bit messy like this. They do talk it up. There's plenty of, you know, yeah. fireworks going everywhere. But ultimately, at the end of the day, I think both parties will be happy and the deal will get done.
3: Dane Zorko, in a roundabout way, confident that they will be able to get everything they need to get done at Brisbane. And Damian Barrett has reiterated reports that he expects one of Lockie Whitfield or Nick Hayes to depart the Giants' in addition to Jacob Hopper, he went on his AFL Daily Pod to say that this morning. And if you, you want more questions around that, Damo will be back for the late trade a little bit later on, but that that's going to be a big story, Lordo, the, the Nick Haynes and, and Lockie Whitfield one, if, if one or both of those depart. Mm,
4: absolutely huge. And you know, what must Adam Kingsley be thinking that he takes that job and you just have to take any opportunity you know you can get when you're sort of Adam Kingsley looking for a coach like Adam Uze, you, they're hard to get these jobs, but you walk in, you lose Toronto, you lose Hopper, uh, Tanner Brun, and now uh, I, I don't think Haynes would have a taker. The money that Haynes is on, I don't think he'll have a taker in this trade period. So, but then you lose, in my opinion, Lockie Whitfield. Someone should jump at Lockie Whitfield, I would imagine. I'm not What's sure about the Bombers. Uh, well, he'd be wonderful for for us, and I think he, the way I can Whitfield could play for another. Uh, see, the way Whitfield moves mm. and plays, mm. he hasn't been banged up. He could play for six or seven years. Uh, so I think he'd be a wonderful pickup for, for Essendon or any other club uh, looking for a hard running power. The way the game's played, he's perfect, perfect. So, yeah, he's the one I think um, should find another home if
3: they're willing to part with him. Yeah, no, I agree with that. St Kilda also should be in the mix for Lockie Whitfield, you would think. So watch your space. Demo, back on the late trade later on, on trade radio. Mike's in Geelong. G'day, Mike.
4: Uh, hey, guys. How you going?
3: Good, Mike.
7: I've just, I've just got a quick one. Just with the Hawks, with their pick six, and I'm, I, you hear about Frio trying to put two first-rounders to Melbourne with 13 and a future, and I'm just wondering whether it might suit Hawthorne to go into that due to next year's draft being a lot stronger. We're at, we're at the bottom end, you know, the way it sits, so we're going to need those extra picks, and one, one pick this year or two picks over the next couple of
1: years. I just want to get your
3: opinion where you think that might sit. Yeah, it's hard to know, Mike, when, and, and unless you know the, the full strength of the draft, which the Hawthorne recruiters would, that they may think that, you know, someone like that, that Cadman is is available potentially at their pick six or seven. So they may have their eye on a player such as that. They've been, you know, clearly their strategy is to go to the draft, which they've done in the last couple of years or you're right. They might see next year's draft as a bit stronger and, and try and split those picks. I don't know, and, and I'm not sure how they would view the draft, but they would have all that information. Uh, Andrew wants to speak about the Bombers. He's a big Bombers man. G'day, Andrew. Yeah.
7: G'day, fellas, and uh, thank you for uh, letting me on. Um, look, the three I I listed three players on, and I you know this is, might be pie in the sky stuff, but. I would, I'd be still going after Cam Rayner and Toby Green, and I'd go for Whitmore, and I'd be going for anybody. Who, I, I'm not sure about the key forward. There's not that many out there which I would uh, go for, so maybe you had to go for the draft for that. But we need ESSA needs to be aggressive. and They need to ask the questions, and they need to get stable, and they can chase these players and offer them in the dream. Um, you know, the dream is to go out to Talamareen. You know, it's fair there. Uh, but, um, yeah, so Cam Rayner, Toby Green and uh, and Lockie Whitfield um, would be the ones I'd be going for ASAP. And I, I know that the other two are locked away this year. But, Whit- yeah, Whitfield, if he's gettable, my goodness.
4: Rayner, you know? Kane asked the question of Danny Daly, the, the head of football at the Brisbane Lions, and Rayner loves Brisbane and Brisbane love Rayner. So that, that one I don't think is going to happen. Uh, in terms of Whitfield, a text has come through Clubs would be all over Whitfield if he didn't cost $1 million a year for the next five years. No one is taking that contract on. But we can see what Geelong have done with Bowe's. You can spread contracts Mm. across, and I believe he can play for longer. So that's what you can potentially do, Um, take on the money, and the Giants may be willing to pay some of it as, as that deal, considering how much pressure they are under with their salary cap.
3: Yeah, and he's not far off being worth a million bucks a year. Mm. Like we we sort of get your heads around what these players are going to earn, and certainly what they're they're set to earn in the future. I mean, Brody Grundy's a million dollars a year. So, so if Grundy's a million, I'm not saying that's fair and reasonable. But Lockie Whitfield, for the attributes that he's got, he's not far. If he's eight fifty, it's not not that far off. Um, And uh, his name, sorry, we'll we'll get back to that, and we'll finish off the show on the other side of this. Equipped for anything is coming up next and still got a time for sneak a couple of texts or a couple of calls in from you. 1-300-2355-48. It is the early trade. We're back to wrap things up after this.
2: Equipped for anything for Coates. We're more than hire. We're equipped for anything. Head to coats.com.au
3: equipped for anything is for coats we're more than higher we are equipped for anything head to coats.com.au you might play a little bit of audio from brett delidio who's moved into the player management space one of his clients is adam tomlinson
2: well at the moment we're sort of uh, in
4: the hands of timmy lamb and and the d's um being able to just to get something uh and another club you know to participate i suppose but for tomo look he's a contractor player um and Loves the boys, loves the club, but is frustrated that he's not playing senior footy. So, you know, you can you can understand that, you know, obviously he's unfortunate with his injury and mm. um, spent 12 months on the sideline. You know, sometimes, you know, a knee, Rico, can take a little while to get back up to playing your best footy. Played some solid footy this year, one of the best in their VFL um, in the in the flag that they won. But, you know, Tomo wants to be playing senior footy at the, at the age that he is. But, um, look, if someone comes, we'll, we'll entertain and have a look at it and see whether it works best for both parties. But
3: essentially, um, you know, he's contracted and, you know, happy to stay there if nothing comes about. You can understand that frustration, can't you, from him?
4: Yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, he's just, as you touched on, he's a backman uh, and there's Lever and May and uh, Petty who are in front of him, but um, Adam Tomlinson, the best game I ever saw him play one day, he played on Nick Revolt at Marvel Mm. and he ran Mm. with Nick Revolt all day, so he has a huge engine, uh, Adam Tomlinson, but Uh, He just lacks the tricks. He lacks the speed. He lacks the agility uh, that you need. Uh, Probably the creativity a little bit. So fortunately, it looks like he'll just have to go back to Melbourne and try and force one of those players out of the side like a petty. But it doesn't look like he could because um, they're they're all good quality players there. Yeah, Tom
3: McDonald did something similar was yeah, out of favour wasn't true. he prior to the premiership and, and came back mm. super fit and just forced his way in through performance I'm sure Adam Tomlinson could do the same if he sticks at the D's Lord have a great weekend we'll be back for the last week next week look forward to doing that with you you too can so we'll see you from 7 o'clock on Monday morning have a magnificent weekend everyone Trade Radio's got you covered Continental Ties AFL Trade Radio that is they're engineered in Germany proven in Australia stick around all day For the best team in the business, we'll be back on Monday.